In Jesus' name, amen. People are suffering today. There are people suffering today in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, after the terrible, unjustified killing of an innocent black man named George Floyd. People who are mourning and crying and calling out for justice. But that's not the only place that people are suffering today. There are people suffering today on the streets of Chicago and Los Angeles, New York and Portland and Seattle and Washington, D.C. People who can look back and have experienced a, a whole history of injustices. And they're angry and they're upset and they're sad and they're confused. There are people suffering today as they get phone calls that their loved one has died mothers and fathers that they weren't able to be there with at their very last moments because of this virus and the pandemic and the, the conditions it's created. There are people suffering today in their cars as they've been sent home from work, told you don't have a job anymore or come back in a few months. We're not sure what will happen. There are people suffering today in their homes, totally alone, isolated, scared. People who haven't seen their kids or their grandkids or anyone for that matter in weeks or even months. People are suffering today. Maybe you're one of them. The truth is, at this point, I think we all are. And that's why I think we need to listen again to these words from God that he wrote through the Apostle Paul in, in, the, in the book of 2 Corinthians. Because these are words that do not hide or whitewash or wish away our suffering, but, but they are words that speak into our suffering. See, the Apostle Paul was someone who knew suffering deeply and personally and intimately. He had experienced a whole lot of it. Uh, he had experienced it with the Corinthians, who he's writing to today. You see, Paul had been with the Corinthians from the very beginning. He, he had founded that church with his own hands and, and with his heart. He had poured so much of his life into them, and yet somewhere along the way, they had rejected him. They, they came to be not all that impressed with Paul. They, they had met more impressive speakers and, and preachers along that way, and, and Paul seemed like a nobody to them now. They looked at all the ways that Paul had suffered, and they thought to themselves, is this really what an apostle looks like? And, and, and Paul will actually tell us later on in the letter that the, the, the Corinthians actually asked from him for a letter of recommendation to prove his authority, and, and Paul is so saddened by this because he thinks to himself, I, my life is, is my letter of recommendation. I poured so much into you, how could you ask me for that after all that we've been through? Causes Paul to suffer. But that's not the only way Paul has suffered, right? He, he even talks about it in our reading for today, the suffering that he experienced in Asia. Like the time when after two years in the city of Ephesus, again, pouring his heart and his life into the people there, he's kicked out of town and, and has to run for his life. All that work violently, suddenly coming to an end. That wasn't it either. Paul knew the suffering of beatings and whippings, stonings, shipwreckings, and imprisonments. If there was ever anyone who, who could speak to our suffering hearts, it was someone like Paul. And yet there was something Paul said. I, again, he's totally honest about his suffering, but there was something he said today that, that caught me off guard. And maybe it did too. It's, it's what Paul said for us today in verse 3 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Listen to what he says. Paul writes, in, in the midst of this suffering, in the midst of a broken heart, Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you think, how could Paul 
bless and praise God at a time like this? How could he bless and praise God when he had so much suffering going on? Well, as, as we learn through the reading, I, I think the reason why Paul was able to, to offer up those words of blessing and prayer to God is because he, he believed and he trusted in a Savior who had suffered like him and with him, but most importantly, for him. Paul trusted that through the sufferings of, of Jesus, he was rescued or delivered, as he said in verse 10, from, from the very source of his suffering, that is his sin. That is, that Jesus went to the cross, suffering death on our behalf, bearing our sins, so that we might be set free from sin, and all of its consequences are suffering included. Paul trusted, and he believed beyond the shadow of a doubt, that there would be an end to suffering because of our suffering Savior Jesus. That, that one day we would live in an eternity with no more sin, no more hurt, no more pain, no more injustices, no more reasons to march or pray protests, no more pandemics, no more corona, no more illness, no more death at all. Listen again to what Paul said in, in verse 10. He says that God has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. With one eye backwards on the sufferings of Jesus and what he had done, and with one eye forward to the future, to a future of no more suffering at all, that gave Paul comfort in the here and now. Again, Paul believed and a Savior who suffered like him and with him, but most importantly, for him. And he saw in the suffering of Jesus an end to our suffering. That's what allowed him to praise and bless the Lord. It didn't take away the pain, but it totally changed his attitude. It gave him comfort. And I pray it gives you comfort, too. But that's not all that, that Paul had come to learn about suffering. He had learned some other important lessons along the way. What, what Paul came to see was, was that there is actually very often a purpose to our suffering, that God is working through our pain to bring about something good. And, and he touches on two things in particular. That the first thing that Paul has come to learn about his suffering is that it has forced him to trust more and more in Jesus. Sometimes when everything that is so important to us is stripped away, we learn to grab onto Jesus. Sometimes when the idols are, are plucked out of our hands, we're, we're forced to grab onto Christ all that much more. And, and that was true of Paul. Uh, listen to how he again puts it in verse 9. He says, Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. He suffered so much that he thought he was a goner. He was as good as dead. He goes on to write, But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. This, is, this time that we're living in, I think, is teaching many of us the very same lesson, isn't it? That so many of the things, so many of the people in our lives that we once looked to to rescue us or deliver us, we've come to see that, that there's a lot that they can do, but, but they are not our Savior. They can't be. Uh, many of us, we've looked to our politicians, and, and yet we're frustrated today because they haven't cured our injustices, and, and they haven't figured out this pandemic in, in the ways that we would want them to or how quickly we would want them to. And, and as we look at their faults and their failures, we, we recognize that, that we need Jesus. We need someone greater. And yes, he has given us these politicians and leaders, but there's only one God. There's only one Jesus. And we need to cling to him with everything we are. I mean, this pandemic we're in is teaching us that too, right? For some of us, no matter how many times you wash your hands or how many precautions you take, you, you still might get sick. And, and when, we, when we come to that reality that we can't save ourselves, we learn to trust in Jesus. 
Right? No matter how much you've saved and, and what financial precautions you've taken, sometimes when your job is taken, it all fall apart. And, and, and at those moments then, God is trying to teach us, trust in me, I'll take care of you. That's the, the first purpose that Paul came to see, that, that God was working through his pain. That sometimes it is only through our suffering, it is only when things are taken from us, that we begin to see how much we have, how much is given to us in Jesus. And that through our sufferings, God is drawing us back to him, to his arms of grace, so that we wouldn't hold on to anything or anyone else for salvation in life. Well, the second thing that Paul learned about suffering, the other purpose he came to see in it, is, is that it is very often through our suffering that others are comforted. And, and Paul talked a lot about that, didn't he, in our reading for today? He, he wrote in, in verse 5, he says, For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, he says, it is for your comfort and salvation. Uh, Paul knows that sometimes suffering is, is the gateway to comfort. And that it is through the suffering of God's people that we are able to comfort and bring joy and hope and peace others. And maybe you've experienced this too, right? Maybe for you, you, you found that in, in your hardship, it opened up a door for you to, to make a connection with someone who had never heard you before or listened to you before or wanted anything to do with you. But then when, when, when something happened to you, to you that they could relate to, now you could share the good news of Jesus with them. Maybe it was a, a scare with cancer or maybe it was some financial loss. And, and maybe you experienced how those sufferings, those hardships opened up opportunities to share the love of Jesus. And that was true of Paul. He was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was whipped, he was imprisoned. And, and yet God worked through all of that to spread the gospel across the world. Paul learned some important lessons about suffering. He, he learned that it is through suffering that we learn to trust in Jesus, and it is through the suffering of God's people that the world is blessed and comforted. See, Paul reminds us, I think, today of, of something that we would rather forget. And that is that when you're united to Jesus, you're united to his suffering. And there's no way around it. If Jesus suffered as our master, we as disciples will suffer too. But what Paul also reminds us is an even greater truth, that when we're united to Christ, we're united to all the benefits of Christ, that we receive the, the results of his suffering, that is life and grace and forgiveness and eternity of no more suffering, no more pain, no more sin, no more death. People are suffering today, dear friends. In Minneapolis and Chicago and Los Angeles and New York and Seattle and Portland and Washington, D.C. and Arlington Heights and Buffalo Grove and Wheeling and Palatine, Illinois, you are suffering today. You know, uh, I've seen lots of pictures of suffering, too. And I would guess that you have uh, on the news as you scroll through Facebook or, or Instagram. There are lots of pictures like these that you, you see now of, of pain and suffering. Uh, lots of pictures that show the anger and the confusion and the sadness of our suffering broken hearts. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm tempted at, at times to, to just want to shut it all off, right? I'm, I'm overwhelmed by all the pictures of suffering that I see. And what I want to do is just turn off the TV and, and stop scrolling through Facebook and, and pretend that it's not there. It would be much more convenient for me to act like I never saw these pictures and to never look at them again. But the truth is, I don't think that's the answer. 
The answer to our problems is not to wish these pictures away. What we need more of, actually, is, is people to show us other pictures, because there are other pictures, pictures like these, and maybe you haven't seen them, but they are out there. What, what we need right alongside those pictures of suffering, which we can't deny and we need to keep in mind, but what we need to see right alongside them is God working through his people. What we need to see are pictures of grace and, and peace and, and people working together in love and mercy and compassion being shared. We need both. We need to keep our eyes open to the suffering of this world because it's real and it's there and it hurts. Why deny it? But what we also need is to see a picture of grace and mercy and love. That's what Paul gives us today. What Paul lays before us, I think, are two pictures. One is of suffering. Paul is blunt about it. He doesn't hold back. In this world, there will be trouble, and he faced it himself. But what Paul also gives us is another picture, a picture of comfort, a picture of rescue and deliverance, a picture of grace, a picture of life, a picture, a portrait, you could say, of Jesus. So you all have seen the many pictures of pain and suffering in this world. I'd like to leave you with one more picture, a picture of Jesus. And what I love about this particular portrait of Jesus is that we get two in one. In, in this picture, we get the, the portrait of our suffering, agonizing Jesus as he hangs on the cross for, for the sins of the world, for crimes that he never committed. In this picture, we see suffering. But what we also see is victory. Do you notice what's at the, the bottom of the cross? Can you make it out on your screen there? You might have to zoom in. It's a skull. Because at the moment of Jesus' suffering, as he hangs there on the cross, he is defeating death once and for all. Our greatest enemy, death itself, the, the greatest source of suffering and grieving and mourning in our world, through the cross, comes to an end. Jesus suffers, but so only so that death might be defeated. Only so that the source of our suffering might be no more. You know what I think this world needs, dear brothers and sisters? What our world needs is more Jesus people like you. People who are willing to suffer so that the world might be comforted. What this world needs even more is a suffering Savior, Jesus. One who would die so that we might live. One who would take our sin upon his shoulders so that we would suffer no more. That's what we need, and that's what we have in abundance. In Jesus' name.